I'm back. James is back. We're here with a, a newly named Two Dudes Talking About Games podcast. Oh, this isn't the scav report? This isn't the scav report. This isn't all the other stuff that we've done. We are we are becoming very generic because we have found that we, we just are we uh, we are just generic, man. Like we go through stuff, we change. I I let me rephrase that. I go through stuff, I change. James is more passionate about what he's doing and dives in and stays there. Where I am a, uh, as soon as I get bored with something, I'm off to something else. I'm the look at the kitty, the squirrel trying to find a nut. That's what I'm yeah. doing. And I keep bringing him along for the ride. So we're going to keep this we're, more about the gaming industry, which we like to talk about. And so we're very excited to talk about Ender's current game, Power Wash Simulator. That's a new segment of the game. Like, we haven't gotten there yet. So I guess we'll just start with the... The segment that is it is James's thing. What are you playing on Game Pass, James? Oh, good and what Pass. Is, oh, like actual good games. And what is what is um, new in the Game Pass world that okay, you love so, so much? The, listen, when it comes to the Game Pass world, you know that I love it. Whether it's PC, it's on the console, or your brand new Samsung TV, as they added the app on those, and soon I'm sure they're going to be everywhere else. Uh uh, you can even, if you have a Steam Deck, you can even get the Game Pass that way as well. So, the game that everyone should check out right now, this month, as dusk fall, it's a little bit different than on the Telltale style of games, where it's a kind of a choose your own adventure you're playing through. The art style is a little bit different to get used to. It's more like a comic booky art style, but the voice. I promise you, if you can get past the uh, it's not like how the Walking Dead games were, or a Wolf Among Us, where you actually move your character with a controller and you you move him to where you want to go to. You're constantly just either swipe here, or choose this, or choose that. And it's so it's kind like, of like a mobile still game frame. No, because it's kind of still frame. The art style is great if you like that art style, but some people that that's a little bit of hard entry point for them. You can play this by yourself. You can play it co-op. You can play it as a party game, uh, and then everyone votes and you make your decisions. But I've never seen a game, this deals with mental health and suicide and all kinds of stuff. The voice acting is, is a phenomenal. Uh, the game starts out, basically you've got this family, they get kind of run off on the road, they break down, they go to this uh, motel, and you've got the, the husband, the wife, their kid, and the grandfather. Uh, meanwhile, there's this like small town that these like brothers try to rob this house. Turns out they're trying to rob the sheriff's house, and they get caught. So then they run off, and then they well, don't end ruin up being... the story for everybody. No, no, this is just this is just the premise. It's literally the beginning. Okay. Every, basically, this this group family that robs tries to rob the sheriff. They get holed up in the motel with this other innocent family. And every decision you make, you know, imagine just a movie that kind of takes place like that. Every decision you make will change on whether or not someone dies or, you know, just like all these type of choose your adventure games. So is it is and it then, like it's like Oregon Trail? No, well, <laughs> you get dysentery and die. Like, is that what it is? The, the themes, I would say that the themes and the split, like even in, you know, like in, in if, did you ever play like the Telltale games for Walking Dead? Uh, no, not for the Walking Dead, no. Or any of the Telltale games like that? I've played some of them. I know what you're talking about, yeah. Okay. 
So, like, a lot of times the Telltale games will say, like, you'll get to a point, and yes, you have to make a decision, right? It'll say, do you want Bob to die, or do you want Susie to die? And, like, you're picking which character you want to keep going along. Like, it's literally A or B. This is, like, you make decisions, and then someone will die, but you don't know someone's going to die, and you sure as shit didn't know which person's going to die. And a lot of times the decisions you're trying to make, hoping that you won't kill someone, ends up killing someone. And then it just kind of deals with the tragedy and the loss and all that. And it really gets into kind of some real, real adult themes. That is and now, heavy. Every, every, it's very heavy. And every decision you make, the game gives you feedback about what type of person you are. I don't really want a game telling me what kind of person I am. That, that scares me a little bit. But like I said, the, the, it does have a lot of replayability because you can play through it as like just yourself and be serious and this is what you would do in these situations yeah. and it kind of gives you the feedback. And then you can play in the party setting and then it gives so it kinda the has, you yeah. It kind of has that kind of feel of like when you're, and it, it, not the same type of game, but kind of like the fable kind of character creation. Every Correct, choice yeah. you make changes how the end of the game is going to happen and what really what your character becomes throughout the Correct, time. Yeah. So just not as much as character creation. Yeah. As Dust Falls, definitely take advantage of Game Pass, dive well, into it, check it out if you so, have Game Pass at three. The other one to check out that's new is Road 96. And I'll be honest, well, you were talking about like this, yeah. Year, I don't know really how to describe this game. It's got similar themes, but you are moving the character around yourself. But there's like a ton of short stories is this the, is this the hitchhiker game this is the hitchhiker yeah. game you're talking about yeah it's like basically like teens trying to like cross the border to get out of their country um so definitely got a lot of it's got a lot of political themes and how you can act out but you play through it multiple 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 times to get all the the like story beats to it and then in, there are some other games you know moto gps out watchdog 2 is out if you haven't played that escape academy is pretty good of course and so i played i watch simulator I, well I, Give me my glory well, here. Stop more, bringing it back. Hold on, before before we go, before all because I talk, get my pick. I get one, my pick. The last one that you need now. If you didn't play this, what five six years ago when it came out, it is now on Game Pass for the first time. I highly recommend it as a solid playthrough uh, by the people that made uh, Limbo. Uh, Inside is on is recently added to Game Pass, and that is a phenomenal. That's a big ad. That's a big ad to Game Pass. That's a great game. Yeah, so phenomenal game, really great story, a lot of interpretation in it. So, so if you're looking for uh, something much lighter than anything James has said, as he likes to elude, Power Wash Simulator is out there. Let me tell you, you're going to get sucked into this game. Hours are going to pass, and you're going to have no idea why the hell you're still playing it. But you are going to want to get the dirt off of the playground so the kids can play. It's so okay. satisfying. That's what it I is heard. the most satisfying game ever because at the end, everything is beautifully clean. And the second one that I will bring up that's been out for a while, but we haven't done this in a while, Farming Simulator 2022 is now on Game Pass. You can play it for free. I'd like to also point out that it sold more copies than Battlefield did when Battlefield came out. So I will leave you with those two simulation games. And we all know I love my simulation. And, and now there's an update coming to uh, the car mechanic simulator. So we got the simulator games are coming. And then there is a new, it's not on Game Pass, but you can find it. Uh, I believe Epic has it. 
there's going to be the PC Builder 2. The fact that this game is getting a second version tells you how many people are playing these simulation building games. I'm just saying, man, there's something to it. Power Wash Simulator is where it's at. If you don't want to have to worry about suicide and all the heavy issues that he just mentioned, and you just want to spray some stuff with water and clean it, Power yeah. Wash Simulator, that's the way to go. I, or Farming know. Simulator, which, again, still I'm not going to make fun of you, because for those in the gaming world, they probably know who Alana Pierce is. used to work for IGN. Uh, she was also on the team that made the new God of War. Uh, she uh, was tweeting about how she got sucked into playing this game and did not understand why she was pumping so many hours into it. So no. even, it's, even it's, some of the most well-known people have uh, have been diving into uh, it. Well, I mean, Farming Simulator is going to be game of the year 2022. Like, it's, it's pretty easy to know that's going to be it. So well, that's all we have to say. All right, let's jump into some of our topics today and get away from that. We have a little interesting thing here. So I, I think... Anyone that's probably listening to us has heard us talk about this before, especially right when it happened. Microsoft purchasing Activision Blizzard games. They had an interesting comment that they made in the news today as they're trying to get the Business Acquisition Commission to actually let them have this merger where they said there is nothing unique about Activision Blizzard games. It's a very bold statement to say the company that you're paying, I don't even remember the dollar amount for, has absolutely nothing unique that you want. You just felt like buying it. Where do you, where do you stand on a comment like this from them, James? Um, <clears throat> I mean, I know at first people are going to say, Oh, they're hiding something. They're hiding something. There's probably something really unique. And and Microsoft's trying. I'm I'm going to be honest with you. What's the last unique game Activision Blizzard put out? When when I mean all their cool games, all their I mean they have a lot of great IPs, and there's nothing. I mean they they literally have nothing. I'm not I'm not going to discredit that thought because I love being the conspiracy guy behind the theory and being like, oh, there's something behind the door. They have to know something better, but. And the more I look at it and the more we talk about it, I, I have to kind of agree with you there. I think they're just being honest and they want to make sure it goes through to sell the best microtransaction games that are out there. Like I mean, hands here, down, here. it's a microtransaction game and they have the best one of Warzone and they want that game I for mean, microtransactions. Yeah, the article that we're talking about is is uh, thegamer.com. Uh, I believe this is Rhiannon Bevan. Uh, they go on to kind of quote Microsoft a little bit here where it says Microsoft has told New Zealand regulators that there is nothing unique about Activision Blizzard title and its latest bid to get its pricing merger approved. Uh, it also goes on to talk about the vast majority of games are developed and published by parties other than Activision Blizzard, such as Sony, Nintendo, EA, and Take-Two. Uh, the document reads addressing concerns over monopolization of the industry. Uh, all, uh, it also goes on to say specifically with respect to Activision Blizzard video games, there is nothing unique about the video game, video games developed and published by Activision Blizzard. There are no must-haves for rival PC and console video game distributors that could give rise to a foreclosure concern. Um, and I do have to agree with them. I mean, the Microsoft has already proven in past deals with Bethesda and some other things that if any current deals PlayStation has, 
they will honor them. They will not rip them from them. Uh, I do believe I will be shocked if <clears throat> something like Call of Duty is ever pulled from a Sony console. The only thing I will say about whether or not once the because I think Sony has deals with Call of Duty up until 2024, which would be two more titles after Modern Warfare 2 this year, but it might only be one. I'm, I'm not sure. <clears throat> um, the only reason I could see Microsoft pulling Call of Duty from Sony and hopefully we see something change in the future would be in a bid to force Sony to add Game Pass to their console. And I'm sure there's some behind the, this, this. Everyone says that that's crazy, but there is no doubt in my mind that eventually, somehow, some way, you will be able to play Xbox Game Pass. Well, you got you got to think. I mm. I, I, I don't be, know how that's going to work or where, or where that is. Like, like re, that's... But remember, remember what was the game? Rocket League supposedly, accidentally, or Fortnite, one of them pulled the switch for crossplay when Sony kept saying it wasn't possible. It's not possible. It's not possible. Then these games started doing it on purpose to prove that it was possible. And what is the game that officially forced crossplay? Because it's that popular. Call of Duty. When they came out with Black Ops and said they're doing <clears throat> crossplay and that's the only way to be part of it, Sony had to get on board. And if you pull that game that is the only game that was able to push Sony around, if you pull that game it could give Microsoft the leverage to get Game Pass. Now, of course, Sony's still going to make money on it. That's why I, I don't think it's like you just put Game Pass on a PlayStation platform and everything's free. And, and you know, you, you're going to have to buy the subscription. I'm sure Sony would get a cut of it. But I, I ultimately think that's the, big, the, the, the strategy behind this. I think that's one of the biggest reasons for getting uh, Activision. Everybody knows selling consoles is always at a loss. You sell the consoles to sell your stuff on the consoles. And that's why you have the exclusives. But and for every Sony person that's out there, oh, it's ridiculous. Well, we don't want you're an idiot if you're a Sony person and you're saying I never want Game Pass on my PlayStation. You're an absolute. You're it's you're honestly you don't care about gamers and you don't really want to play games. I would do anything for PlayStation's service that's similar to Game Pass, not quite the same. But if there was some sort of service, well, that they are. They're working that right a now. Month, they're working that but now. A, but if there was a twenty dollar a month service that was on my Xbox console to play Sony games, I would pay it. Even if I knew Sony was getting 90% of that money, I don't care. Like, I think anything that's, that people can play more games at more places is always going to be better. And, and I think that the industry will be better if, if Sony will play ball. But, but I, I, I don't think there's anything unique in Activision. I think whether it's Sony or Microsoft buying them, I think it's better for the industry. I think Activision has so many damn good... I, I mean, even games this with Spyro. Spyro is a great game. The fact they haven't even attempted to make another Spyro game, just remastered some stuff, it's just dumb. It's so stupid that, that, that all these IPs are just wasting away over there. So, I mean, you go... You, you, you focus very much on the Activision side of this, but you also have the Blizzard side of the world that you're going to have, too, because you're going to get... You're going to end up getting the, the IP of World of Warcraft, which at the end of the day for the game that it is, is the only one. It's the top dog. It's the crowning jewel. Yeah. So you well, have the Diablo. crowning jewel of the game. No, no it, Diablo and, and, mm -hmm. and World of Warcraft are very different games. So you have, you have a very different type of game there. You get Diablo, you're going to get Overwatch, which yeah, everyone's not super happy with Overwatch 2. And I think that kind of ran its course. You're also getting, again, a dying card game in... Hearthstone, um, you're getting a dead, 
a dead game um pretty much in in uh, the League of Legends competitor uh Heroes of the Storm. Like most people don't even know what Heroes of the Storm is. It was the attempt of Blizzard going after League of Legends and that I mean, pretty much dead. There there's no one playing that game um at at this point. And so yeah, I can see that Did they bring the, back Did they bring back StarCraft? Well, I think StarCraft has always had its group because of its competitive play. So like StarCraft will always be there because of competitive play because it is one of the top games in competitive play out there. Like people still play it competitively. There's tournaments all around and they love watching it for what it is. StarCraft I mean, Overwatch, will be there. Overwatch Overwatch was their best selling game of all time for Blizzard at fifty million. Now of course that doesn't World of Warcraft is different because you, you buy it but you it's subscription based. So they have yeah. I, I think they're I think they peak at like I think they peaked at like anywhere from like twelve to thirteen million subscribers at one yeah, point. It was th- so thirteen million selling, during Wrath, which is gonna be re coming out. Classic Wrath is coming out again. Yeah. But so now the problem is is yes, Overwatch sold fifty million copies, but Overwatch two is free to play. Which so, I th- but I think you have to go back to where uh Blizzard learned from Activision on free to play, like Warzone stuff, and they're gonna try to sell microtransactions but there's no real microtransactions in, the, in that game for a a hero type game that it is it's just not really conducive to it uh as much as i feel like a call of duty is at that point uh and i'm not yeah, a fan I of mean, hero they're, shooters they're to begin gonna, with yeah they're gonna sell their battle pass and all that but I, I i mean here's it's funny because riot games partnered with xbox so all of riot games including valorant with all their characters are coming to Game Pass. Now, of course, some of them back from technical difficulties as we have earbud problems and they disconnect from the computer. Uh, if you didn't know, James is is remotely. That's why his audio is a little different than normal. He is uh, out working right now and has been nice to uh, spend some of this time to do this podcast for us. But I think we kind of got down to it. You were uh, talking about uh, Valorant coming to Game Pass and everything else there as well. Yeah, so Valorant's coming. You you got games that are going to be more easily accessible that are competing with, you know, that's another hero shooter. And I know it's very it, it, it's the same, but different when it comes to Overwatch. Overwatch is obviously a lot faster. But I honestly, I don't know if anyone... I, I mean, when Overwatch came out last time, people were pumped. But I mean, it I, doesn't have the same. It doesn't have the same. Deal. And I think a lot of that is because of Valorant. I think Valorant has taken that hero shooter genre and pushed it to a new level. Because if that's what if you're looking for a hero shooter with the competitive play of Counter-Strike, Valorant is the game. Like Valorant is oh, an amazing Valorant is, competitive is Counter-Strike game. Counter-Strike go with hero shooters. Exactly. It is a competitive play game. So if you are a competitive shooter game player, Valorant's the game. Like it's the game. Like I play it here and there, but just mainly because it has hero shooters, I'm not like it's not CS:GO. Like so I'll still go back to CS:GO if I want to play a competitive shooter. But man, if you don't play it uh, all the time, you're left so far in the dust. Like yeah, it's exactly. just it's just so hard to play. So you have a very competitive games on on the competitive scale that are always going to be there. And then you have your anyone can pick up a controller and play a game like Warzone, Halo, which I think Halo did a terrible job of competing. Battlefield did a terrible job of just making a good game. Um so you know we're kind of here with where we're at. So I I I agree with you that I don't think they are hiding anything. I think they really do believe these games are 
lackluster and we want to make them great again. Like, I think that's what they want to do. Yeah, I think that I think that Microsoft will come in and bring back some of those old school IPs that we haven't seen. They'll revitalize them. I think some of the studios that make games are they're tired. They're tired of making the same thing over and over and over. Look, I think that Microsoft will be great at saying, I, you know, the whole Bobby Kotick situation, all the stuff that was going down at Activision Blizzard, all that has to be addressed. But once they once they sort out their management of Activision Blizzard, I do think it'll be like. What do you, they'll go to each individual studio. What do you want to make? You know, almost every studio at Activision is working on Warzone. You know how ridiculous that is? It's dumb. Well, that's just how F the game is in its own right, that they need that many people to do it. Like They're losing people to go to other studios, whether it's Sony Studios, Microsoft Studios, independent companies that are coming up every left, right, center, because people are just tired of working on same games separate some of those studios if you hire more people to work on warzone under raven or even pull raven off of that and make a subdivision something there's so many talented developers in activision could be making either new ips or other things i i think the gaming industry is so we'll it, see it'll be i mean i think, I think we'll see where it goes. if they don't if they don't approve this sell i i think it's bad for the industry i i think it's dumb uh and i think you'll see activision well, really if, we if, we, if they don't approve the sale, somebody else is going to buy them. Like, regardless, you know, Tencent or Sony or someone, someone's going to jump so that, in right I mean, behind it and a, try. That's the problem. It feels like some of this stuff, uh, no one talks about this at all, but it almost feels like behind the, behind the scenes money, uh, you're a big conspiracy theorist. I, I love it, but how much behind the scenes is happening because Tencent really wants to buy Activision Blizzard and everybody just keeps giving Tencent a pass and they just keep slowly buying stuff. Yeah. They're going to own a lot of stuff. Tencent's scary to me. But Tencent doesn't have to follow any of the rules or regulations because they're a Chinese company. So it becomes a whole lot easier for them to do things like that. Exactly. And, and, and it scares me for them to, to like, if this doesn't go through because they're, they're, they're dropping money in people's pockets to, to. Yeah. So to kind of close this out, To kind of close this out, it's been reported that the deal could get permission from the U.S. regulators as soon as August. Uh, August is tomorrow. We're recording this on 731. Um, So in the next week or two, we could see something uh, about this from the U.S. uh, and regulators uh, to see what happens. So we'll keep you posted. If we find some new news, we'll definitely be talking about it here and where it moves forward. So we're going to move to the next thing. We're going to stay on the Xbox trend. Um, we're going to move into something that I don't care about at all, but for some reason, people go ballistic about this every time consoles come out every time. And that is boot up times. Xbox series X and S speeds up the boot up times. James, I mean, they shaved a full five seconds off of it. And I, I was so worried that those five seconds are not like 20 seconds to 15 seconds. I, I, you know, it's changed my world. It has changed this my is, world. No, this is, this is, this is all I can. Okay. This is dumb. I, I feel like, you know, I'm such an Xbox fan that you just are trying to find things. 
to be annoying. No yes. one cares. First of all, this boot up time only matters if you play on energy saver mode, which nobody does. Unless you're in California. Smart enough to if you're in California, you have to be on energy mm. saver mode. Yeah, Just and how know. do they regulate that? I lived in California for three years, and my Xbox was never on energy. Well, mode. they keep telling me everyone does it, so I'm assuming they figured it out. Well, they, lied. they lied to you because I didn't do it ever. <laughs> I don't so, think anyone so ever has. I don't, I don't care about this. You know who? You know who's on power regulatory, whatever power saver mode? The parent that isn't a gamer that set up the Xbox for their kids. So when the three options come up, they're like, oh, of course you put it on power saver mode. Because it's costing me uh, nine and a, one yeah. and a half penny less every just, six months. You were just, con- you know, you're just conditioned to want to do that. If you, So uh, that's who's putting it on there. The other thing that sticks out to me is I've noticed that you've pulled this article from the gamer.com. Now, Rihanna and Bevan got to talk about the Microsoft acquisition. I don't know who Josh Colson pissed off at the gamer.com where he was told to write about the boot up time for the Xbox series. Do you remember the boot up wars though? When consoles first started with how fucking crazy that shit got with people of like, I feel like they were sitting around the table and the editor or whatever. Okay. Nancy, you're going to work on this. Rhiannon, you're going to work on this. Uh, Steve, you're going to work on this. And Josh is like, well, I, I, you didn't give me anything. Oh, I go talk about those stupid. So, so hold on, hold on. So here, here's the thing though. You, you say that Josh pissed, Josh pissed somebody off. No, no, no. no. He definitely happened. pissed he somebody screwed. off, but here's, here's the person that pissed somebody off even more. Um, so in, in it says, basically they confirmed that a small team from Xbox shaved five seconds off the console's startup animation. The guys on the team that had to go back and redo the startup animation for the Xbox to save five seconds. Those were the guys that pissed off someone more royally than anyone in any business has ever pissed off. Cause think about getting that assignment. And the interesting part about this though, you want to know what time of the year it came at intern season for every company. It happened in the summer. This was someone's intern project that was working for Microsoft. This small team was three interns that they had nothing else to do. And they said, you know what? Show us how well you can optimize something. And they gave up the startup screen and they're like, hey, we shaved five seconds off of this. Let's go ahead and just put it in our whole thing. It was a fucking intern project. I swear to you, that's how this happened. That is I all mean, this I, was. I, I'm sure the technology behind it is 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 amazing, and I'm sure what they did is not easy. I totally believe all that. I'm I mean, not look, minimizing look, the technology. I am telling you that three interns did this. Yeah, no one cares. Unpaid. Now, three now, unpaid interns did this. I hope. I hope Phil Spencer doesn't actually, you know, accidentally get brought to us. Of course, he's not going to listen to this, but. Somebody over at Microsoft, you probably just pissed off, and now I'm going to lose all my Xbox benefits <laughs> because you're discrediting I, an entire not, team of like a hundred people. No, I, I, there was um, no, there's no way a hundred people worked on this. It was three <laughs> interns over the summer that was getting course credit. Come on, there is no way. There is no way. Look, I work in the software development. There is no way I am putting any of my top engineers on any of this shit at all. I am waiting for the summer and I'm waiting for my interns because it's a great optimization project. It okay. probably shows a lot of great skill. 
And then there's a whole power consumption thing we can get into here. Like they had to understand it all. It is an intern project, dude. Okay, like, maybe this is maybe maybe Josh volunteered for this. This is this is about Josh. <laughs> Josh has been this is his little bio at the end. Josh has been gaming for as long as he can remember. That love began with a mild childhood addiction to the Sega Genesis or Mega Drive since he lives in the UK. Back then Sonic 2 quickly became his favorite game and as you might have guessed from his picture the franchise has remained close to his heart ever since. So Nowadays, he was part he of the boot up wars. Between, like he knew it. He splits his time between his PS4 and his Switch and spends far too much time playing Fortnite. If you're a fan of gaming, wrestling, and soccer, give him a follow on Twitter. Okay. Uh, that's at Bristol Beads. Listen, he's a Fortnite player. He probably likes that instantaneous starting, just like their game. Yeah, well, I'm just saying we now have shaved five seconds off of your precious Xbox no boot-up time. I have not no noticed it. I never noticed it. I booted mine on today just to see. And uh, honestly, couldn't tell that it was five seconds faster because I didn't know how long the last one was. Yeah, most of the time, because in standby mode, console, I hit power. Even if it's off, I hit power. I go to the bathroom. I go get something to drink. Well, that's because you're snack. old. Because you gotta, hit, come out, gotta go to the bathroom every five minutes. Listen, so maybe, maybe. Listen, it doesn't matter. It's still, I'll be gone more than 20, 30, 45 seconds a minute. I don't care if it took a minute for that thing to boot up. I wouldn't notice. I just, someone with a stopwatch is sitting there paying attention to it. And every year we get some shit on the, and it's even in the reviews. All right, let's watch the, and it's happened with phones, like the iPhone boot up time versus Android boot up time versus yeah, all this. I'm like, sure. I I'm have sure never been. Foundry's already got a side by side comparison. I have never in my life been like, Man, this thing really takes forever to boot up, except for old PCs. Back in the day, PCs used to take forever to boot up. But other than that, boot up times have always been pretty good, especially when everything's on solid state now. The reason the Xbox takes so long to boot up is the animation is 20 seconds long. That's it. Because there's no spin-up time. Listen, you like that animation. You shut your mouth. I love the animation, and now they cut five seconds. So you're telling me all they did was cut five seconds because they threw that thing on Adobe Premiere and trimmed the the beginning and end. I have no idea, but... That's how they say five seconds. That's what you're telling me. I'm telling you, solid states don't take a long time to boot. My PC can boot in like two and a half seconds, and it's at the screen. It's all solid state. Once you have power to it, it's on. Done. So the only thing you have in front of it is how long the animation's going to take. That's it. That's it. So I don't know if yeah, that's I, what they did. I don't, I, you know what? More power to you guys. It's power consumption's down. We're saving a quarter of a little microwatt of power every time we well, boot are on. You ex- aren't you excited that they booted up it's booted up five seconds no because they took five seconds of the greatest animation ever okay all right i i don't get that five extra seconds of the animation that i sit and watch every time i boot it up honestly, yeah, that's honestly they I created a they created a josh muncie director of xbox Integrated marketing says the company created a shorter boot up animation yeah. minus four seconds from the original boot up animation, which was nine seconds. So the boot up animation was nine seconds. See? And now it's four. Now it's five seconds. Uh, they took that away from me and I'm upset. I'm going to write a counter article against this 
and say we need to bring it back. Moving right along again to another uh, topic. Again, we're kind of going back to topics we had talked about before, but we're it's been so long since we've done an episode that we have to kind of cover what's happened over the course of time. Um, the streamer wars. And when I talk about streamer wars, I'm talking about the platforms in which you stream on. Such Mixer. as Mixer. Um, lost. Uh, they're no longer around. They have lost the streamer wars. But you still have Facebook. You have YouTube. And you have Twitch. Those are the big three right now. Well, for the first time since I would probably say the COVID era. So as we are coming out of the the COVID streamer time, because I think that was the the boom of everyone being bored and watching streams and things like that. Um, Twitch has declined uh, from 1.81 billion hours to 1.7 billion hours watched. Still the top dog. But I think the one that was very interesting, because we had this debate on who's going to be the big dog. Is it going to be Twitch? Is it going to be YouTube? Is it going to be Twitch? Is it going to be YouTube? No one said anything about Facebook. But when reading this article here from Stream Elements, and um, it seems like Facebook has surpassed YouTube and hours watched almost by double. Where are you at here, man? Because you are big on YouTube. Big about YouTube. I got a question for you. I've, I've, really been, I've really been diving into this article even more. Of course, thank God you left the gamer. Um, and we're now at uh, gamesindustry.biz. And Brendan Sinclair is, is the one that pulled a lot of these stats and all these articles. Um, <clears throat> I've got a question for you as, as we dive into this. And of course, Twitch is top dog. Yep. Now, if we looked at, if we look at hours on YouTube, are what around two hundred and ninety million? Two hundred and ninety million. Yep. And one point seven billion on Twitch. So I know, I know it's far yep. off. And again, Facebook's what around four hundred twenty-five million. Now, my question to you is up twenty-five percent, where everyone else was declining. Facebook is now up. Yeah. 21%. I'm sorry, 21%. But my question to you is everyone's always like Twitch is top dog, Twitch is top dog, Twitch is top dog. Do you know what the number one category on Twitch is? Just chatting. For watch hours? Just chatting. And YouTube and Facebook gaming don't have that category. Nope. So, but it's interesting there is that our, is our YouTube and Facebook gaming not taking advantage of a section that they could be. So they can't get any of these guys to move over, guys, gals to move over that are just chatting. And most of that just chatting is a very small percentage of streamers. There's a ton of them doing it. It's 256 million watch hours. The first game on Twitch is 114 million, which is League of Legends. So, But but here's what I'm saying. If you go look at, we could take these stats even farther down and break them down. But I would say it's a long tail curve. Your top like... 50 people in just chatting are probably doing 75% of those watch hours would be my guess. Probably more than that, but you know what I'm saying? It's at the top. Yeah, the top no, dogs no, are no, in I, most I, and it tails off because there's so many just chatting categories, but yeah. that's where it goes in with YouTube's number one category is Minecraft. 
Their second is a mobile game, Free Fire. And then they have Fortnite, Apex Legends, Valorant, Rust. And then they have um, Battlefield's Mobile India, which is interesting here because Battlefield Mobile India just got banned from India again. So there's another article that they ju- I read earlier today where that game is getting banned from India. So that might drop off, and that's 7.6 million people watching it because that game's getting banned from India because they had to make their own game. Now, I'm sure Battlefield will make any changes they need to the game, get it back oh, up and running. That's, that's, that's PUBG, PUBG, I'm sorry, ba- Battlegrounds Mobile, PUBG. And then they have another Mobile Legends, Bang Bang, I don't even know what that is, um, League of Legends, and Grand Theft Auto. So that's on YouTube. Now that we don't have these same statistics here for for Facebook, um, Facebook holds those kind of statistics a little closer. Um, Facebook being Facebook, they don't like people seeing the inner workings because everyone's going to find out they're stealing everything from anyone anyway. Um, Not that YouTube's that much better. And uh, well, Twitch doesn't really know what the hell they're doing with any information. So they're not stealing it. Um, But that comes to say, like, do these like YouTube could have a just chatting category if they wanted to. Why, why don't they, why are they missing the, cause they do all the live events. So they have a category yeah, called mean, live I events mean, that you be, can do that. It would be interesting that, and that's my question to you, Facebook, Facebook and YouTube, you can do the exact same thing, but they don't list those as watch hours. So uh, I think if if they were to count their Facebook, every Facebook Live everyone did, and every YouTube Live everybody did, I think their number would be astronomically more than Twitch. Uh, I, but yeah, I, I'm not I'm not disagreeing with that. Like that's that's the interesting thing about how these statistics are written, and then when you go off of like watch hours. Does this actually mean anything? Because that that seems to be the number we see all the time. Oh, there's this many hours watched. There's this many hours watched. Did Twitch just come up with this to say, like, here's how great we are. But when you really pull it back down, we are not aggregating the data in the same way, which makes them stand out more than they really are. If you added... You know, like every time someone accidentally hits the go live button, like what determines a stream? What determines like how long do you have to be live to consider that the thing? Because I know people that do little Facebook clips all the time of like, hey, I'm live here on Facebook and it's 12 seconds. But but every 12 second thing that everyone did, that's a crap ton of time. But just chatting and live in real life streams on Twitch would count if I did it for a minute. They would count that's that. what I'm saying. Like, that's what I'm it. saying. Like, they are not crediting themselves with everything they have. So the gap looks larger than it really is. Yeah. At this point. So, like, when you read this article, you feel like, oh, man, Twitch is on top of everything. Are they like, 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 are we missing things here? Are we not? Now, I think yeah. for gamers, I, I think they're still going to Twitch. A lot of time, but when I read that statistic that the overwhelming people are going to watch just chatting, are they like, can we say that anymore when the top categories of YouTube and Facebook, 
and we don't know Facebooks, but we know YouTubes are the top games that are out there right now. Yeah. So people are there watching. I mean, you got stone mountain that went to Facebook. You've been hearing rumblings about, um, guys like scump. Um, who's, if you don't know who scump is, he's the top pro call of duty pro moving over to Facebook. Now, Facebook would never let half of the crap that happens on Twitch happen on Facebook. Like their terms and conditions would not let any of the, the hot tub streams happen or all the craziness that's going on on Twitch. Like Twitch is the wild, wild West, whatever the hell you want, do it. Yeah, you might get banned, you might dot, but they're going to bring you back anyway. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten times. Amaroth's on her 78th ban. Like, who knows? But yeah, I think my biggest thing is throw Twitch out. Facebook being double the amount of time watched than YouTube surprises me. That still surprises me. But uh, I think it comes down to the fact that Facebook is still giving all the it's like 100 percent. But but I didn't see a lot of the big big name guys didn't move. So you're telling me that all of Facebook's growth is from smaller people moving over. Yeah. I don't I don't know if I agree with that. I think they're both terribly difficult to set up. I've tried it. Oh, I don't think it's Facebook to me is is. The discoverability is still something to be desired on both Facebook and YouTube compared well, to I think Facebook's Twitch. better though because it can go into people's feeds. It can go into people's feeds, but like I, I can you get on Facebook right now and scroll Facebook gaming and and see Oh no, watch? but I but I can barely do that on YouTube gaming because I hate it so much. But you can it. do it super easy on Twitch. Yeah, but again, Twitch is only based off of how popular you are. So you like lower level people can't find it. I think the algorithms that run Facebook and YouTube when they start to understand, and that's my, that's the thing I think is happening here. I think Facebook's algorithm is doing a little bit better job right now than YouTube's algorithm of recommending live streams. I I think that's where the hours watched are coming from. I think their algorithms a little bit ahead of YouTube because YouTube has so much video content that it's got to do. And it's been so like the video content is just out of this world that Facebook has been able to pinpoint their algorithm a little bit better to promote that to people, which is giving you more of those watch hours. I don't think it's low end streamers moving across that did it. I think it's there a little bit farther ahead in the algorithm because YouTube still has to cater to its main moneymaker, which is video. Video advertising. I, mean, I don't know. I just pulled up. I just pulled up Facebook gaming app on my phone right now. I'm scrolling through and there's no way to look at like, I, I don't know even how to get to who's live. It's just showing me all showing yeah, me but who we're I'm following old. up top. We're old. And, then and it, but no, it has a whole feed and I'm scrolling through it and they're just all old videos. They're all like, Three hours ago, two days ago, five hours ago. Again, like that's the feed. Again, I, I, but I'm not. But but again, those the, the the fact that you're able to find someone's old stream, click on it and watch means if you like a little bit of that content, it's gonna then when you click on that, it's gonna recommend that the next time they're live. 
I guarantee it. You click on one of those, watch it. The next time that person's live, you're probably going to get a notification on your wall that this person went live. I think their algorithms ahead of that. Whereas I think YouTube is still lacking behind it, getting their algorithm in front of live stuff because they're still catering to their moneymaker videos. I also think Facebook being able, like you said, to give their people a hundred percent cut, which isn't going to stay. You know, there's no way that that stays because the Facebook's going to want their money. But I also think if there's one thing that Facebook and YouTube fight more often than anything else is who's better at advertising. My personal opinion, I think Facebook is better at advertising right now for targeted pinpointed advertising to people. Facebook's going to win, which means I think they can keep their splits better for people doing live streams than other platforms are going to be able to do because of how well they're going to be able to pinpoint advertising on that platform. Yeah. My personal opinion there. Now, not that YouTube's going to be far behind. Uh, YouTube's going to be right there far behind, right, right there, right there up next against them. But as of right now, Facebook is surprising me with the amount of viewership that they're getting. And it's something to watch. And I think Twitch is not the big dog that everyone thinks they are. I think they just get a lot of people that want to go on there and watch random people talk, which the other platforms have had in many other situations. And they're just not counting it. Like you said. Yeah, I agree. Cool. So we're going to get to our last topic today. Cause we are uh, getting right here at time of how long we want to do that. And comes back to, I think, Honestly, at this point in time, probably my uh, favorite streamer. I've been watching a lot of them, and I I really do enjoy watching Doctor Disrespect. <laughs> you know, I I surprisingly enough, look right here. I got his book. I read his book. Uh, it's fantastic. So if anybody needs to pick it up, Doctor Disrespect's book is called Violence, Speed, and Momentum. Um, you should pick it up. Very good. The beauty of this book is it is not a real autobiography. It is written in the voice of Dr. Disrespect, which makes it absolutely hilarious. And if you're looking for a good light read and you like gaming and streamers and Dr. Disrespect, it is fucking hilarious. You really need to read it. Um, What's your favorite you part about the book? Give us, so, give us a little, you know, it's really hard to pick like my favorite part of the book. But um, the beginning of it is just w- one of the beginning statements that he makes just talking about himself as the two time. like <laughs> there's some quote in there. I don't remember the exact one off the pull it for the next podcast where he's talking about how he's just going to slap people with his flip phone and he just keeps going on about how great he is and he's going to pull out his flip phone get in his Diablo and slap somebody in the face with his flip phone. And I just, I love that character and it just makes me laugh. 1993, 1994, back to back two time blockbuster champion. Just any kid that grew up going to blockbuster. The fact that he still brings that is amazing to me. It's a great book. Definitely read it. But Dr. Disrespect's doing a little bit more. There was an article that he wrote. Dot uh, esports has it. Um, Alex, I have no idea how to say his last name, so I'm not even going to try to butcher Alex it. Alex Sasudis. Sasudis. I'm sorry for butchering your name. 
um, wrote an article on how Dr. Disrespect is calling and begging for more people to get into the FPS title world. If you don't know what FPS is, I don't know why you're listening to this, but it's first person shooter world. And I cannot agree more with him. More people need to be making more FPSs to combat Apex Legends and Warzone. That's it. That's all that's out there, man. Sorry, but that is that is the, the top of the world. And we're not even playing either one of them. We're back to PUBG. That I finally like yeah. downloaded, and it's not as terrible on PC as it is on console. So anyone trying to play PUBG, <laughs> don't fucking do that shit on console. Those controls are j- janky as crap. Play it on PC, and you're going to have a fun time. Like it's it's not terrible, but where do you stand here on him saying we need more first person shooters? Um, do you agree with I that statement? Agree with, I I although I agree with him because I mean, good lord, outside of Rainbow Six Siege, Ubisoft cannot get their act together. Um, Battlefield and EA don't even. I, I, Jesus, I mean, what a disaster that is. Now, Halo is Halo, and it, it, to me, it's fine. I know people want more. They want more. They want so, more. They want more. If you want more, play play Master Chief Collection as they're still. So Halo has an interesting thing here because Halo is still, in my opinion, was built around competitive play. Correct. Yeah. No. No. I I, I think Halo is going to have its ups and downs, and I think Halo is going to continue to get better. And, but I, I do think Halo, but no battle royale, so I don't think they can compete. I I, I still think battle royale's coming. I, I really, really do think Halo battle royale is coming. I just don't see how it can. To me, in my opinion, Warzone, Fortnite, Apex have all kind of carved their own niche as far as being top dogs. If Halo drops and they do it correctly which i think is be super easy for them to do just don't screw well, it we're up. talking I about first person shooters so we can't bring in fortnite right. yes i can't bring in fortnite here because this is okay. fps okay but i'm just saying as far as the battle royale goes i think that those four will be the top dogs because they are all four very different but will all have the best mechanics and what they do um that's my personal opinion when it comes to them uh but I find it interesting, like I said, although I do agree with Dr. Disrespect that I think we need more mainstream first-person shooters. And I don't know... The one that just really frustrates me that that doesn't have anything out there, maybe you're not the biggest Killzone fan, but but I think Sony not having a a high-end first-person shooter by one of their studios... That's a good point. Maybe it's not going to be the best, but I think that it pushes everyone else to continue to be better. I think it's an absolute... I I think it's bad for the industry that Sony isn't trying to put something out there to compete with the Halos and the Call of Duties and the Apex. I I really do think that they they need something to... to, Because I do think that it helps the industry as a whole. Um, I'm, I'm, I may not ever play it, but I think that it's important to the to the economy of first person shooters. So going now, back to the Doctor oh, Disrespect part, though, I think I that's what I was going to say. I think that it's interesting that he is doing this because I think he's bringing it up to help promote his own game. That's where I was going with it. I I, I happen to agree with that because it's a very interesting timing that this article 
was written, uh, let's just say, two days before Dr. Disrespect launched the uh, what they're calling the snapshot into his own game, which was Project Moon. That everyone was talking about. It's Project Moon, Project Moon. That was the code name of the game uh, done by uh, his Midnight Studio, Midnight Studios, I think is maybe, or Midnight Society, I'm sorry. Uh, his game Society. studio, Midnight Society, that's building it. And then two days later, he drops this snapshot of his first person shooter. So he's calling for everyone needs to get in there and they show his first person shooter. Now, I watched. There was a like a launch show that they had for it. And then I was watching um, some of Zlander play it. And you know, Zlander, you know, the Dr. Disrespect is his guy. Zlander, yeah. Dr. Disrespect is his guy because, you know, helped his career out, did all that kind of stuff. So he's saying it's the greatest thing in the world. But again, I don't know. I, I haven't seen it. But from what I saw, it looked pretty good. Now, all you had was. You loaded into the game, you walked down a hallway, you went into your hideout, and then you picked up a gun and you went into this shooting range kind of deal. And it's one gun. It's with one iron gun. Sights. It's one gun. It's and now this isn't an alpha. This is not even alpha. This is a snapshot. Let me show you what it looks like. We've got storyboards off, proof of concept. Like when yeah, you when it's you have a dedicated slice. Yeah. Where it's closed off. It's exactly. completely its own contained thing. Exactly. So, but I think it's a great way of promoting the game, getting investors to back what you're doing, and showing a good group of people uh, what it's starting to feel like and get some feedback on it. It's a good way of starting to get feedback. Now, the interesting thing I thought was there is that um, Dead Drop prevents, presents a new spin on the genre as a vertical escape shooter. Now, I don't understand what vertical escape shooter means. I've never heard of that. But I've heard of escape shooters, which I'm thinking of Tarkov. It goes on to say in this article by Kenneth Williams, and this is pulled up from win.gg, that... It's going to be a mix of Battle Royale mixed with high-stakes missions like Escape from Tarkov. And now we had played Escape from Tarkov, and I am so upset with that game. We'll have its own episode on exactly (laughs) all of the uh, the amount of upsetness I am with Escape from Tarkov. I'm not going to get into it here. But we have moved away from it. We're playing other games. That we were so hyped on the new expansion. I don't even think you've played it. Like, have you even played the new? The I have new? not. Uh, no, not with work and everything ramping up for me. I, yeah. I have not. Uh, the fact that the fact that it had a lot of crazy it, bugs. It's bogged, down, it's, it's bogged down with cheaters. It's got tons of bugs. When I have when I have limited time to game, um, I've tried. I've I've honestly no. I did. I take it back. I have played one night for two hours. I played with Master of Shadows. We played it three raids in two hours. It took that long to get into the game. Half the time we couldn't get into the game with each other. Uh, we were so annoyed. We eventually went over and started playing the cycle just because we wanted to play video games for a bit. And there's the thing. The cycle is a fun game that you can get into raids really, really fast, but it's no Tarkov. The scav play yeah, in it, yeah. the first person shooter, the gun play, all of that stuff just doesn't feel right. It's not, it's not a great game. And that game's even yeah. riddled with hackers already. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the, 
the biggest the biggest down for me for Tarkov is is the occasional. Uh, sometimes it's a lot, but the occasional of taking anywhere from five to fifteen minutes to get into a game. Yeah, which they always say they're going to fix, which they've never fixed. Like it's like you get into a couple of games super fast, and then you're back to five ten minute waits, and and I just yeah. don't understand that whole thing. Um. So with him coming into this and talking about a Tarkov based high stakes shooter battle Royale. That's very intriguing language for a game that I really think you're looking for some investors for. Like, like I, 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 and I, and I really like Dr. Disrespect and I think, you know, he, he in his previous life was a game developer. He worked for call of duty. He understands the world. He gets what it is. He's gotten some great people to to work on this game with him. Uh, I think some of the Halo guys have come over. There's a bunch of people he has on his staff that are legit people. But when you claim something like that, I mean, you've got this game has to produce. It's going to get played because it's him. But man, if it doesn't, if it doesn't hit hard, it's going to be one of the biggest flops ever. I really do believe that with all the hype that's going to be put around this because of how great of a hype machine he's going to be able to build. I'm just, I mean, I'm, he, I'm is afraid saying it's a couple, he is saying that it's a couple years away. Sure. Um, sure. But, I, but I, here's my, he, if the game isn't good, I don't think it'll ever release. You're not going to drown that much money into building it and not release it. I mean, they release Battlefield. I, I, there's zero chance they release it. But, but define, define good, though. Like, that's the thing. When you're working on something that you're so close to and you have such a baby in, you're going to have to get it into beta and alpha. So you're going to have to get it in the hands of people. And when it's in the hands of the people, the game, I mean, here's, the game here, is here's, out there. You're going to have to know. Like, you're not going to know that. Here's the three big names. Now, keep in mind, uh, Dr. Disrespect, Guy Beam, uh, he did work under Call of Duty, um, mm-hmm. Advanced Warfare. Adva- Advanced Warfare, yeah. He did some maps and stuff for. So he's got friends. He in the was industry, a map obviously. designer. He's a big he's a, map yeah. designer. So he's got, he's got Robert Bowling, um, who is, was Infinity Ward's former creative strategist and community manager. So that's who he has helping him. He's got Summit Gupta, um, is founder of Boom TV. He does G2 Esports, uh, Growth Hacker. He, he does a lot of uh, marketing stuff with that. And then he's got Quinn Del Hoyo, uh, and he has done titles such as Gears of War, Halo. So, uh, and he's, his experience is developing and shipping games. Uh, and he's a creative director. So I don't know much about the, the, the who's developing it, who's putting it together. Why are these people signed up to do his game versus something else? Uh, well, he's paying them. I, I mean, I'm, you know, I understand all that, but then you get into what are they developing? When do we learn more about it? If this game is two and a half to three years out, you figure it's probably more realistically four years out. Is the so I, I actually don't believe dead I don't, by then? I don't, I don't, I don't actually don't believe it's that far out because with how clean 
the game was, these sections that they had in this game was, I think you're closer to probably a year and a half for your alpha. You give another year for your beta. So, like, I think you're closer to this than people think. Does he alpha beta this like a Tarkov-style game, or does he launch this game like a Battlefield or Call of Duty That's a super good question. Like, I I don't know. I think when you're doing small studios like that, you don't have the Q&A testers that a Call of Duty would have in order to do that. So you need the alpha and beta stages to get it. Like, you really will do it, need those. Will it launch on Game Pass? That's the biggest question in there. Um, I'm sure if he can work the deal, he will. I think he wants as many people playing his game as possible. But I also think that he has to is have it, some... Is it a free-to-play free game? But that's my whole thing. Like, we don't know those things. Like, what is it going to be microtransaction-based, which he is adamantly hates? Is it going to be free to play, which I think he doesn't, you know, free to play games are great, but it moves you back into microtransaction. Here's my opinion on the fact that it might be in this every time a battlefield was coming out. Oh, they're making an escape from Tarkov style game. Oh, this game is like escape from Tarkov. All oh, this game is going to be everyone is dying for a game like escape from Tarkov. Now, console players have vigor, but vigor is third person. And it what is vigor missing that? Tarkov has scavs. It doesn't have AI. It just regular other users. It doesn't have AI. Scavs are the difference for me with Tarkov. Now, PUBG was huge. When it came out, it was massive. But it wasn't as massive as when Call of Duty finally Black Ops released their Blackout. uh, And then, of course, they went to Warzone. And it made it even better. Warzone and Blackout basically took PUBG and popularized it with better movements and they simplified it i mean you're playing PUBG. warzone is not as complicated as PUBG, right like PUBG, you got to find the weapon you got to find the attachments you got to put everything on you got to know what attachment goes with it like it it is a lot it's it's not quite as complicated as something like tarkov if someone can make a tarkov style game and popularize it the way that call of duty did to PUBG, it will explode yeah but i think every time every every time you build a tarkov style game you you run into the problem of it's just it's just it's not going to be tarkov but but it it needs they need somebody needs to come out and do what i'm saying is like call of duty took the complicated complicated things of PUBG, but kept it enough to where you still had to go get your find your stuff. You still had to do this. If someone can do that with Tarkov and just make it easier. Well, what made, I think the standout thing in call of duty, my personal opinion, the call of duty standout thing is they took, they took Fortnite and how Fortnite played. They took PUBG and how PUBG played and they made the middle game. So you still had customization. You still could yeah, change your exactly. guns up. You still mm-hmm. build them. You just did it before and you got this thing called a loadout. So you didn't have to, you unlocked it in the same way we did our other game, Modern Warfare. Like we had yeah. that already in our other game that we knew how to do. So we took the customization that we had over here. We added it to this game. We gave you this airdrop thing. And I'm going to tell you the one thing that I still to this day think Call of Duty wins every single time in Warzone is the Gulag. The fact that you can come back into the game and you have the opportunity to come back in and that's where Apex has it. There's a way to come back into the game. 
There's a way to yeah, swing Fortnite, that loss. Fortnite has that now too. And Fortnite has that now too. So the fact that you can come back into those games gives you this huge swing. I mean, the, the whole thing, like your guy makes a great play. He does it. It's meme worthy. Everybody wants to watch it. You win the game after your whole squad was down three, nothing. You bring them all back in. It's a huge thing. It's amazing. It's fun. Everybody remembers it. And we want to play again. All yep. those other games. Tarkov has that too. When you're holding that ex- that loot that you want and you finally wipe a squad and you extract, like you feel amazing. Yeah. Granted, if a hacker kills you, you don't. But still, you feel amazing. Yeah. When and you're so able to do that. That's but what I'm saying. That's where, PUBG, that- that's where PUBG doesn't have me yet. Because it's like, ah, I'm dead. Shit. It's like Tarkov dead. All right, let's start the game over. Like, like there's nothing, nothing you do about it because it's so easy. I will, say, I will say this, that PUBG's in-game is more tense than it Call is, of Duty's It is so much more tactical. So much more tactical. And it's a tactical like, game. Yeah, so By all means. I, I think that's where I think that's PUBG's niche there. But but you see what I'm saying? Like if if Doc can be the first one to popularize that with this game and it's Tarkov like and he exactly. popularizes it, he, he can go off. But the problem is even if it's two years away from now, there's always those whispers and now it's called there was those whispers with Battlefield and they had something but it sucked and they're already getting rid of it. But there's already those whispers with with the new Modern Warfare and the new Warzone that there's this other mode. There's this other mode. Yeah, Is I that just other don't. Mode I don't. Be the Tarkov mode. I don't believe it. You know, I don't. I don't because, think they're going to get there. Remember this. What is the number one great thing about Tarkov that the other games don't have? It's the scabs. And what has Call of Duty been doing for offline play for the last twenty, like ten years? They're offline AI bots that they used to do, especially in the Black Ops games. If you cranked that crap up, they were hard to beat. They were good. I, so they, already not, have the, they already have the tech to do it. I'm not doubting that, but I also think I, I, I am not doubting that Call of Duty could do something like that. And You're by all means, they will do it. I'm doubting that they will do it. <laughs> that's, that's my doubt there. But if they did it, does that hurt Doc's game? I, I don't think so. I think it brings more people to the genre. And that they're going to want something else to play and that it is Dr. Disrespect that's doing it. I think you're going to have the hype machine there. I think you're going to have, you know, his friends start playing it. So, like, you get Doc playing it. You get Tim playing it. You get Zlaner playing it. You get the streamers out there playing it. They're going to bring people to that game. It's got to be good. Because, you know, the world isn't going to stand for a bad game. We really won't. But I think you can get enough people to it. And I think his love, he loves Tarkov. Dr. Disrespect loves Tarkov. His audience doesn't want to watch him play it. Lupo's the only guy that made the switch to where his audience watches him play Tarkov. But Lupo also, like Tim, had that deal with YouTube. Lupo could give two shits about his audience. Exactly. So, so like, so I think if, if Doc I'm didn't have to, and you're, he doesn't care. If Doc didn't have to care about viewership because of all the shit that he got got stuck with him, which I don't think was his fault. I think the whole Twitch thing was not Doc's fault, and there was it was terrible what happened there. But if he wasn't stuck in all of that, Doc would not be playing Warzone. He wouldn't. He hates the game. Doc plays Warzone because he needs the viewership. Because I want the 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 longest I watched Doc for was when he went back and replayed The Last of Us. 
I watched that entire series while I was working, while he was playing The Last of Us. It was fantastic. His commentary while playing The Last of Us was wonderful. But he has to go back to Warzone. Tim has to play Warzone. They have to play those games. But I think if Doc puts out his own game... Those guys aren't having that much fun playing Warzone. They haven't had really that much fun playing it for the last three or four months. Man, I used to love watching Tim play. It, it It hurts me to watch them play a game that their heart's not into. Because I, I mean, know the game's, the game's not fun right now. The game's, the, the, I know how much it hurts me for the game to be bad. I it know, kills me every time. Fan. I see the link on my computer right now and I can't click on it. I still haven't deleted the game. I mean, you know, it's, you know, it'll be, it'll be fine when Modern Warfare 2 comes out and Warzone 2 launches. It's going to be good. I know, but it doesn't. I have no faith that they're not going to screw it up. They're not going to screw it up up unless this Microsoft deal goes through. Yeah, well, we'll see. We got we got all that to talk about. But anyway, anybody can do it. I think Doc and his group is going to be able to bridge that gap because I think he has a true understanding of what people want in games. I agree with him on all the changes he wants to make. Uh, But does he execute it? Does he actually put it in his game? Does he live up to all the things he says? I don't know. Time will tell. We got a couple of years of watching this and figuring it out. So we'll have a lot of content on it. But in the end, the world needs more first person shooters. And I'm all happy for anyone trying to go out there and do it. Uh, So this has been two guys talking about games. Two dudes talking about games. I don't even know the old title to our show. All right, I gotta get used to that one. I don't even know the title. Two dudes talking about games. Two dudes talking about games. James, it's nice to talk to you again. It's been yeah, a while. Been. We took some time it. off. You know, I had to take some time off to get some health things together. You tell you were you know lost some time with work and all the stuff and uh, getting married and having all those things uh, getting planned. So it's nice to be back. Thank you for taking the time, even though you're traveling and working. I know that's hard. But guys, we're gonna try to we're gonna try our hardest to give you a weekly episode here on just anything gaming that's coming up that we want to talk about. And maybe some days we're not even gonna talk about games. Something in the world comes up we want to talk about that's even more interesting, like a TV show or just some funny crap that's happening in uh, uh, Mr. James's uh, football league. So I would like to give you the opportunity to tell everyone where they can find you. Because I have to say, guys, I give James a whole lot of shit all the time because Every it's day. fun. Every day, I got to say something to him, you know. But as much shit as I give him, he goes head first into whatever he's doing. And I will say, your fantasy football reports. The amount of time and effort you put into them with the green screening and all the funny shit. Even if you don't like fantasy football, or you're into your own things. Watch these things because they are definitely worth it just for the time you put into it. And I applaud you and I credit you because I know how much time that takes with you. You know, having a young son, trying to get married, having another uh, stepkid and all that stuff that it takes in order to do that. Dude, it's good stuff. 
So I want to give you some time hey, to let people it. to know where you can see it. And you guys are funny. Like the group of guys are funny. So like, like, please listen to this and watch it. I'll give it to you, James. Tell them where they can find you. So our league is called NFL Du Toilette. Uh, we are a bunch of ex-club med uh, employees. We kind of worked all over. There's a few new guys in the league. So what we started doing, you can find us on uh, YouTube under NFL Du, D-U, Toilet would be the easiest way for you to fi- figure it out. Um, it Basically, what we're doing right now is we're ending up for the season. Is every week I'm releasing a video in a studio-style atmosphere. Like, sometimes I pretend like I'm in Nesson because a lot of the guys are from Boston and Cape Cod or just a generic studio, almost ESPN-style. And we're every week we release a new video where we're introducing one of the 12 owners in the league. And then everybody gets to talk shit about each owner a little bit. We do like I make it look like I did, you know, live interviews with them. And then they talk a little bit shit. And then the owner that we're introducing has a rebuttal video. And that's just kind of how. So so right now, I think there's about six or seven of those out. Uh, So you could watch that series. They're anywhere from three to five minutes long. There are two that are exceptionally hilariously very long. And if you start to watch the series, you'll start to understand uh, they, the guys like to make fun of each other. Uh, it's a lot of shit talking. It's a lot of trash talking. And as the season goes along, we're going to have a once a week, um, like podcast live, you know, Monday morning or Tuesday morning quarterback, you know, arm armchair quarterback style show. Uh, which we will probably bring Ender on. He is a big sports fan, so having an outsider once in a while take a a look at who's what dumb moves one of the owners may have made on who they started in their I lineup. Mean, I, I'm perfect a, for peanut gallery. Like I, was, I love peanut gallery, so I will yeah. sign up for that so, role any day. We are we are excited about that going forward. So we'll have that as the season, as the NFL season kicks off. But it's kind of just a, a you know a reality the league. Uh, you know, uh, you could you could say we're we're trending that way. So and I want to point we'll, we'll out if you goes. see anybody like if you go out there and watch this, you see anybody else doing this style. You started it. I've seen <laughs> no one doing like I'm being honest. I have seen no one do this with their home fantasy football league. It is phenomenal. Like like the the concept is phenomenal and. Like you're the first here to do it. So when we start seeing all these other guys that have more following and shit like that, start doing it. You started this, like it was your concept (laughs) and you brought it on. So I I need to applaud you for that because it it is, it is hilarious. The dudes are hilarious. And you know, who doesn't like to listen to shit talking like that? That's, that's fantastic. That's the whole point Uh, of fantasy football. I, I think I think it'll ramp up once the season starts and we can get into it. But but it's been fun for our league. It's really just a passion project and, and it, it's uh, made a lot of us closer. And we usually because a lot of us are they're married. We have kids. We have families. And we're kind of you got some people in the West Coast side. We got a lot of people in the Northeast and a few of us in Texas. Uh, I, a lot of us have been friends for for over twenty years. Basically, what happens from January, you know, the end of fantasy football season until it starts again, we don't talk. So this has definitely kept us in a little bit more touch and it allows us to check in here and there. We also do uh, a weekly release of top 10 players and positions. So you can always check up on that. But a lot of the just banter is, is where the fun's at. So yeah, definitely. I appreciate anyone, anyone that wants to stop by, I appreciate it. And Ender, thank you so much. It is 
It is way more work than it's worth. I will tell you that. (laughs) I think it's worth it. I mean, it's definitely it's for someone watching it. And maybe maybe I'm one of like eight viewers. It's definitely worth watching. Um, Just I, I like the whole concept of like meeting the owners and like they own like just the the whole thing there. It, you know what it makes me think of so much and uh, and it's not it doesn't correlate to it, but it, it's when it I was like, if you liked and commented on the video, yeah. Well, you know, I I normally watch it on my phone and I don't normally watch on, trash. I don't normally I don't normally watch like. I don't really comment when I'm on my phone, but I will. I'll start doing that. But it makes me think of like Eastbound and Down. Like uh, for some reason, every time I'm like, like this is the this is the fantasy football Eastbound and Down happening right here with all these washed up has been players still playing fantasy football, trying to make it. You know, I just, it just that's what it made me think of the first time I watched it. But um, where else can they can they catch you? Are you still streaming? Like what's going on there? Um, I haven't streamed very much. Uh, you can find me at the Three J Gamer. Um, you know, some people knew me as the Gaming Dad or James the Third. I am very integrated on Twitter right now. If you want to look me up under James the Third on Twitter, if you're a hockey fan, uh, I am on right in the heart of the community of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, whether it's trash talking, defending my city, defending my team, with the fact that everyone says no star players want to come there, and just this year, the second best player from last year in the entire NHL chose on his own for less money to come to my favorite team, the Columbus Blue Jackets. So. F off to all you hockey fans who think Columbus sucks because we're fucking coming for you and we're coming for the cup. Nice. And then um, also, you know, for me, again, not streaming as much before. I'm trying to get back into it once I can solve my computer problems. And I promise I will solve those. Uh, We'll get back into more. I did have a stream. You know, we're playing more PUBG out there. So if you want to watch us play PUBG, I have a feeling we'll probably stick with that for, I don't know, next couple of months until I get bored and go off and do something else probably. Um, which there isn't really much anything else to go do. Um, but no we're gonna try. Yeah. We're gonna try to get well, I've been playing like I've been going back and playing all of the like games that I didn't play when Call of Duty was great. So yeah. like I went back and I'm doing the Red Dead uh redemption series that I never played. And then like, so I'm going back through a bunch of stuff that I, I should have played, but I'm not streaming any of that. I'm just playing that maybe, for fun. Maybe we should give Star Citizen a shot. Star, Star, I, I, you know, maybe we should, maybe we should. I, and I'm, I'm like Marauders is supposed to be coming to a real beta. So I'd be interested to play that because I haven't actually got to play it. Um, The World War Three game was pretty good because I had an alpha key to that to play that a little bit. So that wasn't terrible. Um, That insurgency you know wasn't good. That insurgency game. Oh, dude, that was bad. I played it again. I played it again with when you weren't on. I deleted it. I deleted it immediately. So I went because it was free. So like I had to try it. It was a free weekend. So we played it and I was like, okay, this isn't that bad. It was awful. And then I played it some more. I'm like, man, this is pretty bad. Then I played it some more and I'm like, why am I still playing this? And that's when I downloaded Power Wash Simulator and started playing that over playing the other game. But you know what? To, to, to back to Doc, you know, we'll, we'll close this off talking about Dr. S- Disrespect's three point. The, the fact that you are playing a game that you actively know is bad tells you how boring the genre is. Right and now. I went to another first person shooter because Power Wash Simulator 
is in first person and you do shoot water out of a power washer. So it is a first person shooter at the end of the day. So see that? Oh, good Lord. I'll tie that back in there. But yes, the fact yeah. that you're sitting there playing a game and trying to make it good, you're just, you're just dying to make it good and it just can't be. It tells you that the world needs more first person shooters, third person shooters out there. Um, but you can catch me. Um, uh, Ender, uh, I am Ender underscore TV. Um, also check us out at the last choice network.com or last choice network.com. You can find all of our podcasts there. Um, this one is probably going to fall into the circle of the last choice gaming podcast that we had probably just replace that. So you have some of the older episodes that we did before we're under the last choice gaming. We have more people on that. We are bringing people together. But as we found out, everyone's so super busy, it's hard to get a, a big group to to be on those every time. So we're going to change it to the two dudes talking about gaming. And that's what you're going to get here, hopefully weekly. And we'll go there. But again, one thing that, again, I give James a ton of credit for him and our good friend Kia. They are still rocking. And I know tonight you guys weren't able to. I think Kia was sick. But you guys are still rocking the Parents First Gaming every week. So check that podcast out. We have a horror podcast, not a horror podcast that uh, one of our friends likes to say. <laughs> Jay, Jay, Jay keeps to say. to say it is a horror for horror films. My wife is big and my wife loves listening to that one because she hates watching horror films, but she loves knowing what they're about because she she loves them, but she hates them because then she can't sleep. So she listens to that. That has the most traction out of everything that we get. They get the most downloads, most views. They're coming back. And then we have an anime podcast that we have out there. Uh, Komichi Yiha. Konichi Yiha. All right. You can't give me all these names. I don't know how to say them. Yeah. They're, they're at, they're at <sighs> Anime Fest in Dallas this weekend. So, so they're going to have some good content when they come back. There. So we have all of that there. Lastchoicenetwork.com. You can find them all there. Uh, that's the easiest place to find them, and you can subscribe right from that point. Thank you all for listening. I know this went a little bit longer than we normally do, but it's our first time back. We were excited. We had some stuff to talk about. We'll leave you at that. Thank you, everybody. Good night. Have a great day. Later.